helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Up to 5 million Americans will develop heart failure at some point in their lifetime. And my guest today is Dr. Seth Javits. He's a cardiologist in the Heart Failure Clinic at Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, doctor. First, tell us, what is the difference between heart failure and a heart attack because people confuse these two things? Well, first of all, thank you very much for uh, having me. It's good to uh, be here with you. Um, So heart failure is the inability of the heart to adequately pump enough blood to the body so that the body is unable to meet all of its necessary metabolic demands, meaning that, you know, you may not be able to get enough oxygen to your organs so that you can't function at a full capacity, as opposed to a heart attack, which is the caused by the blockage of an artery in the heart that causes a portion of the heart muscle to die. Heart attack can lead to heart failure, but they're, they're different and separate entities. So how would somebody know if they are in congestive heart failure, if their body is starting to have these issues and collect fluid, how would they know? Uh, you know, the most common symptoms that we see are shortness of breath, you know, or a change in exercise tolerance. You know, patients will often come to me and say, you know, I used to be able to walk three or four blocks, really weak and tired after walking, you know, a block or, or half a block. People will often complain of, uh, shortness, of uh, shortness of breath when they're lying down. You know, they may wake up at night, you know, feeling out of breath, feeling like they have to sit up on the side of their bed. And people will often have symptoms of swelling in their legs. You know, their legs will get puffy, their shoes may not fit properly. Uh, and all part of this is, uh, as well as you may gain weight. You know, it's common to see people retain, when you retain water, you can gain, you know, 5, 10, 15 pounds of, uh, of water in a relatively short period of time. So, Dr. Javits, is this something that can become a chronic condition? Can somebody live quite a while with congestive heart failure? Absolutely. You know, the medical therapy that's been uh, developed over the last, you know, several decades has really changed the uh, the treatment and management of heart failure. You know, there's a cocktail of medications that we often uh, put people who have heart failure on to prevent their heart function from getting worse and to maintain their uh, functional status. And these medications are really extremely effective in uh, keeping people well and out of the hospital and uh, feeling their best. Then speak a little bit about those medications and that cocktail you're discussing, because for people that are trying to adhere to this medication, they sometimes need to understand why they're taking what they're taking. Absolutely. And if you don't understand why you're taking what you're taking, the likelihood is that you will probably not take it as prescribed. So, you know, the, the, two, the two most standard medications are, that are given to patients with heart failure are one, there's a class of medicines called a beta blocker, and the common medications that people may be on are things like metoprolol or toprol or coreg. And what these medicines do is they reduce some of the uh, strain on the heart. They slow the heart rate down a little bit, which reduces some of the stress that the heart is under, and they block some of the hormones like epinephrine that can have um, bad effects on the heart. Uh, so that's one of the major medications. Then there's a second class of medicine called um, an ACE inhibitor, uh, or sometimes patients may be on what's called an angiotensin receptor blocker, which is also abbreviated ARB. And those hormones 
um, number one, lower your blood pressure a little bit, but they also block other hormones that can uh, deleteriously uh, affect the heart function. Um, and then there's so, several other medicines that people with more advanced heart failure may be on, um, which um, have been shown in studies uh, to reduce uh, you know, heart failure exacerbations and keep people out of the hospital as well. But the two primary medicines that almost everybody with heart failure uh, will be on are the uh, beta blocker and the uh, ACE inhibitor medications. If someone is suffering from heart failure and their heart is just not pumping so they can collect fluid, what do you tell them about some lifestyle things? Are they not supposed to be drinking water? Are they going to end up on a diuretic? Speak about some of the things that happen and how you deal with the symptom management. Yeah, I mean, every patient is a little bit different. Um, but primarily, you know, the first thing that we advise people to do in terms of their diet is really be cognizant of the uh, amount of salt intake that you have. Because what happens when you intake, when you uh, eat salt is that you re- start to retain water. And, and people don't realize how much salt is in almost all of the foods that we eat, particularly prepackaged foods, canned foods, you know, TV dinners, frozen foods, those are all things that are very high in salt content. We usually try not to tell people to restrict their water intake. You know, what my advice to my patients is usually, you know, drink when you're thirsty. You know, people have this misconception that they have to drink, you know, eight or ten glasses of water in a day, you know, in order to maintain their appropriate hydration status. That's not really true. You know, if you're thirsty, you should drink. If you're not thirsty, you don't have to drink. Um, you know, so those, those are the two of the main lifestyle changes. But, uh, you know, a lot of people do require a diuretic, and the reason for that is just when the heart's weakened, it just can't fully pump well enough to get all that fluid out of the system. Um, and the diuretics are really very helpful and, and very good in, in maintaining an appropriate fluid balance. And where does exercise fit into this picture of taking care of heart failure? You know, we encourage all of our patients to exercise as long as they feel okay. You know, one of the things that we, you know, encourage is people to participate in a cardiac rehab program when they have heart failure. Uh, because it's really been shown to help people improve their functional status. You know, the one qualifier I would make is in people who have, you know, coronary artery disease where they're having chest pains or other symptoms that could be consistent with, you know, an active or or new blockage in their heart. We ask those people to refrain from exercise until we can take care of that problem. But a patient who is stable with heart failure without any active coronary disease, we really encourage them to, uh, to exercise. The more you do, the more you'll be able to do in the future, and we become very deconditioned very quickly. Um, so when people sit and do nothing for a week, it may take them two months to regain the uh, conditioning that they had beforehand. So tell us about the Heart Failure Clinic at Summit Medical Group, and tell us about your team and what you're doing there for patients. Yeah, so our primary goal is really to you know improve the care, uh, the quality of care of our heart failure patients, keep people feeling well, keep them out of the hospital. Um, you know, we're establishing a team um, that's, you know, including you know, cardiologists, the uh, internal medicine program, uh, nurse practitioners, you know, registered nurses, dietitians, pharmacists, and we're all working together to, uh, number one, uh, bring all the established best practices that have been um, determined by the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association to uh, our patients, as well as to, we're working on trying to help identify people at maybe an earlier stage in their disease before they might potentially decompensate to try to keep people well and out of the hospital.
So then give your best advice in the last few minutes here, Dr. Javits, for people that are living with heart failure and what you really want them to know and what you tell patients every single day. Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing that I tell patients is, is that, you know, this is, as you said before, this is really a chronic disease that can be very well managed with the current medications. You know, people have this fear based on, you know, historical data that, you know, heart failure is a very dangerous thing. And, and don't get me wrong, it, it's certainly, you know, a, a significant illness that we need to manage. But with the current medical therapy, pe- people really can do very well. You know, they just have to make sure that they, you know, take their medications, they follow up with us regularly. I advise all of my patients to to try to walk regularly and make sure that they have a scale at home. Uh, One of the first things that patients may notice if they weigh weigh themselves every day is you can get, uh, you know, a two or three or a four-pound weight gain in just a couple of days, and, and that can be from water retention. And if you spot that early, you know, and speak with your doctor, you can really prevent, you know, worsening decompensation. You can prevent yourself from, you know, needing to go to the hospital. Um, and uh, we can adjust things, uh, you know, over the phone even a lot of times. Thank you so much. What great information and so important for listeners to hear. You're listening to SMG Radio. And for more information on the Live Well Heart Failure Clinic at Summit Medical Group, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.